welcome in to episode 20 of The Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch alongside Jeff Kolath. And welcome in as we take this journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. We appreciate you coming along with us for the ride. So we've been doing, again, lots of anniversaries, birth dates, uh, retrospectives, and we are going to continue that theme uh, the next two weeks. And this week that this podcast comes out, um, 15 years ago on August 10th, Jeff, you gave me a phone, gave me a phone call. This is back before Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat. You called me on the telephone and it gave me some pretty sad news. Yeah. Cause I had gotten a phone call from our, our, our mutual friend, Trey Woodruff and, uh, told me that Michael Hauser had passed away. And, um, obviously we all knew he was pretty sick, um, but didn't really know that it was going to be so fast after his last show there on July 2nd. And definitely a sad day. Um, still sad to think about it. Hard to believe it's been 15 years. Um, but I think what, what we've got planned this episode and next episode, I think are, uh, pretty good, uh, a pretty good celebration of, 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 of Mikey's work. And also, uh, we, we, we've chosen some stuff, um, especially this week with the, with the selections that you made of so, or shows and songs with some personal import, um, uh, too. So I think we've, uh, got, got, got a couple of special shows coming up. Yeah. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time, um, reminiscing, although I'm sure we will, as we talk about the music, but, um, that's really what we want to do these next two weeks is, is just play the music, um, the stuff that. I mean, really, a lot of it is, I mean, just because the band was driven by Michael Hauser, you know, these these are sections that uh, that stand out um, to us as fans. This week is going to be my choices, next week Jeff's choices. So, um, the, the very, so we're just going to get to it. And um, the first thing that I wanted to play is from a, um, a recording that has circulated for maybe... Oh, I don't know, 10 years or so. And it is, um, it's just Mikey and JB and it's an unknown date. I think, the, I think they said it in 1992 is what people have sort of, you know, through CSI work figured out. Um, and it's called Mikey and me. And it's really good. If you haven't listened to it, it's it, the whole thing is really good. But, um, the, the first track on there is, uh, is pilgrims and, it must be like one of the first times that they have played it together because you you can tell that JB really doesn't know the song. He's just kind of playing along and JB's leading him through it. And, um, so it's just a really cool glimpse into their relationship as musicians, uh, friends and musicians and band members, you know, bandmates. And, uh, so I thought that was sort of a cool way to, to get, uh, these shows started. And, um, Pilgrim started as an instrumental, right? For a couple times, first couple times it was played, I think it was an instrumental. And so, um, there are no words here. Uh, and this is, you know, six to 12 months before it was ever played live. Uh, and just the two of them playing, uh, playing the Pilgrim's instrumental. So, um, we will just let the music play.
most likely the very first uh, known recorded version of the song Pilgrims with uh, Michael Hauser and John Bell and uh, a cool little, I guess it counts as a JBism by JB after the song talking about, um, you know, that he doesn't usually hang on as hang on that long <laughs> to get to the third, third time through. And uh, so it was cool to hear them kind of playing along. And then there's a, there's a second version of Pilgrims on this recording where, you can tell JB's a little more uh, comfortable, familiar with the song, and, and adds a little bit more. But I kind of like the the very first version um, as a glimpse into into their interplay. The very first Pilgrims is nine fourteen ninety two in Solana Beach, California, and that's instrumental. And then mm-hmm. after that, it's with words. But I, th- I always thought that was so cool that first time Panic play. I mean, how many of their songs did they s- did started out as instrumentals? You know that they yeah. <laughs> played first and figured out later. You know, Bears Gone Fishing, Action Man, Little Lily, um, Pilgrims. So um, I think Roberta as well. Roberta was an instrumental for sure. So yeah, and you know that we're gonna play. You know, I hate to preview what's coming next, but next week's we'll we'll, we'll play another version of Pilgrims too. So I think it's. Definitely one of those one, one of those great staple songs. So um, we've got a lot of music this week, so I just want to get into it. Um, the this next section is probably the longest section of music that we've played, I would say, um, on the podcast. But it is it comes from I think if you I'm I'm quite partial. What the very was it the very first episode where we played some of that Johnson City '96, and that's one of my my favorite sort of sleeper shows but i think as far as a show that i bet most people haven't heard um this show is is probably at the top of the list for me um and that's uh november 2nd 1996 from columbus ohio and uh, i was at the show and just remember um you know just being sort of floored the whole time and then um when i getting the tapes and just, I mean, just wearing them out. I mean, I mean, I know this show from front to back. Like I know every note that they play every drum, you know, every beat, every change. And, uh, I still, it still kind of gives me goosebumps listening to. So, um, we're going to play the second set basically from the start, uh, up until drums. And, um, so we'll come back and, uh, and talk about it after this but uh, without any further ado uh, November 2nd 1996 and I think one of my favorite uh, intros to the show was from the first set Um, it was a Saturday night in Columbus Ohio State had just beaten Minnesota at the horseshoe 45 to nothing and it was snowing and 
Schools comes out at the start of the show and says, That's Snow outside and the home team won. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Which is, is a great way to get going. And um, so, first set's really good too, but the second set um, is just uh, some some sort of peak panic for me. So, we will uh, get it going right now.
Chestnut too. Right here in Dubois.
All right, Widespread Panic, November 2nd, 1996. The start of the second set from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, a very slow uh, Let's Get Down to Business started off, followed by Pigeons into You Got Yours, A Space Wrangler into Walk-In, and then Tie Your Shoes fading out into Drums. And um, we've talked a lot about Panic doing four shows in a row, four different cities. This is the last time Panic has done five shows and five nights in five cities. Um mm-hmm. Starting uh, the 29th of October in Kalamazoo, all the way up through here, So, but stops in between in Cleveland, the Halloween show in Chicago, the epic Milwaukee show the night before this Columbus show, and then this Columbus show. And you're totally right. This was a, for even for, for me, this was a write-off show, looked at the set list, kind of shoulder shrug, like, oh, oh, yeah. I'll, get it if I, I'll get it if I come across, because obviously the Halloween show... Everybody wants that because of the covers. The Milwaukee show is a, probably a top five, top ten show. The Kalamazoo show is sensational. The Cleveland show is a bit man. Were you at that show too? The I was, show? yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's a really good show. There's some really, there's some really high points in that show. But it's sort of similar to this Columbus show. And that, like, you look at the, I mean, it's got Arlene and No Sugar, you know. But yeah. as far as the set list goes, it's just sort of like, eh, you know, eh, it's okay. <laughs> but um, there's really good playing in in that show for sure. But I, I don't think it, it certainly not on par. I would probably rank it last of those five shows, which yeah. is, you know, high, it's a high bar, but um, yeah, this show, I mean, if you look at the set list, it, even today, it's just like, yeah, I mean, it looks like there's kind of just like, you know, here are the songs that we haven't played and, you know, <laughs> they're, they're up in the rotation and we'll play them, but they, uh, they play all of them uh, with, with full intention. Yeah. This pigeons is probably, I think it's, one of if if not the best pigeons one of the best pigeons ever it is just ma- nasty i almost yeah. made up i almost said nasty you know <laughs> i had to make up a word for it but it's a nasty version of pigeons yeah um the the let's get down to business i mean i i would i don't know that there was another version that they played in that sort of slow it's it's more like the the brute version yeah. you know it's more at that pace um and so maybe like maybe one that they did with Vic was was at that at that you know tempo, mm-hmm. but um, as far as a full band, I don't think they ever played it like this any other time. And um, just I love Mikey's last solo on here. I mean, it's just like because it's just kind of the whole song is kind of slow and build up, and he just um, it's just such a great uh, kind of peak at the end. And I remember looking to my friends like during that, just being like, "This is so badass," you know what I mean, like. <laughs> Cause it was just, it was always neat to see something that had never happened before, you know, mm-hmm. to like, to see a version, a version, a different style and, uh, and it, and they executing, executed so well. Um, it was, yeah. So love that. The, the pigeons, like you said, I think is just totally masty and, um, a great, great call and response with, with, uh, schools and Jojo at the mm-hmm. end. And, um, but Mikey just sort of like, you know, crunchy throughout. Um, you got yours is not, not my favorite song ever, but like this one is just super tight. And I mean, I would say, I don't know that I would pick one that would be, that could be any better really. I mean, it was just like, there were no flaws in it. It was just, you know, solid throughout, um, fit perfectly in the set there. I thought, you know, after the pigeons, um, because it was at such a such a high point at the end of that, and then they got kind of dirty and, until 
Space Wrangler. Um, and the Wrangler is so good. I mean, again, like I, I would ask somebody to find me. I mean, the last solo where like where Mikey comes in at you know on the raise another glass of the coldest like is just like oh man it's so good uh that's one where i definitely is like goosebumps every time i hear it um love jb on the acoustic and um everybody just locked in and um and that and then just sort of a a a traditional segue wrangler walk-in you know which is like really one of the most i mean i would put that with like driving disco driving as like you know original panic combo you know one two punches and um and this one was really good and and leads into the tire shoes which is just relentless and mikey's just wailing and they've got um is that uh, that sort of spanish moon thing that jojo does on the clavinet that i felt like that was sort of a thing that he did for a while right i mean that wasn't that wasn't unique to the show i don't think no, I th- yeah, I think it definitely is more more common than than just this one. So yeah, but I mean, I think it was it was like a phase, right? Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. you know. Um, so, but yeah, so start to finish, just love this section. The rest of the show is really good too. Um, so, I, if you haven't listened to the show, I highly recommend it. Um, the The end of the first set is really really good with the last straw way to the world you know i know you wouldn't i know you're not a big way to the world fan right but i mean the last straw is just like one of those that just kind of keeps going and going um is really good and then um and post drums while you know is sort of like standard and the encore too it's all just really well played so if you have not listened to this show from the newport uh in columbus um definitely do yourself a favor and i mean the newport is a pretty small i mean it's a pretty small place. Like, uh, I would say this was like the last time they could have last tour that they could have played a venue that small. Um, and even then I think they were kind of pushing it. I mean, it was packed in there. I mean, it's a, you know, it's like a thousand, a thousand capacity, you know, music hall. And, um, it was, they had everybody squeezed in there. Yeah, I mean, they played some small... I mean, they played the Barrymore that year, and Barrymore capacity is like 970 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, But there's a little bit more room to spread out there, too, because um, it's an old old theater. But, but yeah. yeah, listeners, if you're not convinced by that <laughs> by that lengthy sales pitch that you were just given by Harvey Couch, then you clearly you will never like this show, or maybe any other widespread panic show. Um but uh, other, it, it's a good the, one, though. I gotta tell yeah. you, I gotta say, it's it's one that you pr- you probably were in my ear about for years until I finally sat down and listened to it. And you you you're right, it's a good one. Was this like your first time really concentrating and listening to the show? Um, I probably listened to it all the way through once, but it probably was at work, okay. so it was, this was passive. But sitting down and you know, again, the pigeons is something that just bears repeat listens. Even sure. just that, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty pretty good so yeah and i would also i would also echo the the wrangler especially the the last the last solo is that's one that sticks out and the, the other thing that I, that I really liked about this segment and and also the last segment for this week's show um i feel like you really get like uh, all of the styles and um 
sounds that Mikey plays. You know, it's like on the Let's Get Out of Business, you get the sort of like quiet, but, um, you know, the restrained electric solo. And then with Pigeons and You Got Yours, it's really loud. And with the Wrangler, you got the, the frenetic solo. And um, and then Tiger Shoes, just sort of just the relentless um, lead. Sort of get all the different um, different phases, you know, all the different, hats that he can wear uh i thought it was a good uh, a good segment a showcase segment for sure well we'll continue on with this episode of uh harvey couch this is your widespread panic life um <laughs> uh, by going to another show that you were a part of um fall tour 1995 yeah yeah so this was uh at the red mile racetrack on september 17th uh, 1995 in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, this was a, they, they played three consecutive, uh, fall shows at the red mile in 94, 95 and 96. It was called the, the fall ball. And, um, 94 was with, uh, Freddie Jones band and 95 was with, uh, Joan Osborne in the band as JB would call her. And then, uh, in 96 was leftover salmon. So those are three really good shows. Um, it seemed like the band enjoyed playing, playing there. Um, so, uh, picked three songs here from the, uh, start of the second set and, um, we'll, uh, we'll go out to the racetrack right now.
Let's get started there. All right, widespread panic. Red Mile Racetrack, Lexington, Kentucky, September 17, 1995. Start of the second set. Hold an oversole into I Walk on Gilded Splinters into a Love Tractor. Harvey, go. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go quite as in-depth into this as I did the last time because this is a really good show, but I don't think it's quite on the on the par with the, the Columbus show. But um, I really like this this uh, section uh, at the start of the second set. And uh, it's not as much a, a Mikey showcase as the last segment we played or the next segment that we're going to play, but um, he's got some really good moments. Um, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about about holding over souls and great openers and great vehicles. And, uh, this is, this is no different. And, um, the love tractors is, is a lot of fun. There's a, there's a point where, uh, where school says, <laughs> which is great. Cause they're sitting there, you know, looking out on the racetrack, no horses running, but they're, you know, that's the background to the crowd. Um, and, uh, and then everybody kind of goes crazy after Love Tractor, and uh, and JB says, "Oh, niggas get started there." Like you know, don't get don't don't cheer too much. We got a little more to play, but um, <laughs> this is a this is a really good show, and it's got some. You know, I mean, one of the nice parts about '95 is you there's still, um, you still see some sort of unique set set placements. So like, let's get down to business in the middle of the second set. Um, you know, is sort of an interesting spot and there's no drums in this show. Um, the closing segment, the mercy, nobody's fault. Chili water is really good and kind of stretched out and psychedelic, but we played nobody's fault last week. So I felt, felt like, uh, we couldn't follow that one up with this, this segment, but, um, yeah, so this is a good show and, and the, and a great, uh, bloodkin encore with the end of the show makes sense to me, which, uh, was a little over my head at that at that moment in my panic uh with you know my level of panic knowledge at that point but looking back on it that's kind of cool all right so our last selection is another one uh that you were at harvey and i'm sure hopefully a fair number of our listeners our 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 our, our dozens of listeners out there um we're, we're at two that would be halloween 97 the first year in uh new orleans yeah i mean this is uh i'd put this show up you know against any other really um as far as a single show goes and um i remember looking at the set list for the 95 halloween and being like oh that looks like really good like they clearly well and i mean having had like the tapes from 92 93 94 halloween's knew that halloween was a big deal but like 95 it was like man that really seemed like you know they were they sort of took it to the next level and then 96 when you get um sort of more the influx of the classic rock stuff and it was like after i saw that set list in 96 and i had already sort of gotten on the train as far as traveling to see the band it was like uh, i'm gonna pretty much go see them wherever they are in 97 and then when when it came out that they were playing my hometown it was like well we're going whoever wants to come can come i'm going <laughs> and uh so me and a couple guys basically drove down there and i think we spent one i think we just spent well i think we spent the night before and then the halloween night and then came back the next day but um the show is just so good from start to finish 
but as many highlights as there are and there are and i'm sure everybody's heard heard the show um the um the section that we're going to play uh i think again is just sort of highlights um Mikey's like sort of diverse sounds and playing different playing around with different um, styles and uh, so I thought this was sort of a good highlight good um, spotlight for that and um, so we're gonna pick things up uh, they open with a just a massive postcard traveling light they play uh, Gradle which is really the only uh, head nod to New Orleans in the whole show, except I guess maybe you could count over uh, Bertha in the second set. You know, we were all expecting fish water and red beans and, you know, some long hair and, you know, meters and, um, they don't, they didn't do any of that, which was a total panic thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so postcard traveling light cradle to, to start the show. And then uh, we'll pick things up right after that in the first set.
Uh, widespread panic. Halloween 1997 at the UNL Lakefront Arena, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, middle of the first set, uh, Big Willie Mammoth into a big old massive diner into four-cornered room, followed up by the very first version of the Bill Withers classic, Use Me. Um, I was just saying, one of my all-time favorite shows to pick up and listen to, both on tape, on CD, um, when it comes when New Orleans when Halloween comes rolling around, um, I wasn't at this one, and I was at several of them, but this is the the first one I pick because I think it's the best one by far of, yeah. of all of all the Halloween shows. Yeah, and that's you know it's pretty pretty um, strong company to be talking about. You know the rest of those shows played at that venue, but um, yeah, they did it upright in the one show that they did in '97. Um, there are a lot of segments of this show that that would could have qualified um to be well, we, included we will have a halloween show this year so yeah yeah so we got to hold some back right but <laughs> but this is um the big willie mammoth is kind of is fun it's still early they haven't you know we've talked about this we, we listened to the one from nashville i think in 97 a few yep. weeks ago um so this is more sort of in that uh, out of that vein um and but i just i love the the segue from from Big Willie into Diner, and it's just it's all Hauser, you know. I mean, he's just like kind of going on the mammoth on the Big Willie mammoth solo, and it just they just slip into Diner, and um, the whole crowd just uh, so great. Um, you you love like the the super um, knowledgeable, engaged crowd that can recognize and appreciate you know a moment like that, and um, and then. Four Cornered Room is, is I mean, I think it's the best one. Maybe it's just because it was the first one, I think it was the only one that I saw live, but it just seemed, it's like, the, I think of it as like the quintessential Four Cornered Room because it is so spooky and it's Halloween and JB is just like going after it. And um, I, I, this is one that it's like, turn the lights down and turn it up really loud uh, and it's, it'll make you feel something. Um, and then the use me again, like that's just a, it's a side of, of Hauser, you know, the, the sort of slinky, uh, funk guitar, which you didn't hear all the time, but when you did, it was really nice. And, um, so I thought these four songs sort of, again, you know, showcase different styles. And, um, I think that was really one of the things that, uh, I loved about being able to see the band and seeing him live was that it wasn't like you weren't, you weren't going to go see two hours of some guy that just sounded the same all the time. Um, and being able to mix it up, you know, just within a, a series of a few songs and really have different sounds, uh, I think, uh, kept it fresh and, and kept the, kept people coming out to, to see him travel around the country to see him. Yeah. Well, that was a, a great episode, uh, number 20. Um, thank you, Harvey, for making the picks this week. Sure. Hope, hope, hope everybody enjoyed all of those. Again, it's a hard time. That's hard, it's hard believing that it's been 15 years since uh, Michael Hauser passed away. And we're going to use that. We use this episode. We'll use the next one as a way to more uh, celebrate the music and and not dwell not dwell on the uh on the on the sad part of uh, of an anniversary like this so um again want to thank everybody for for tuning in um check us out on bluestape.com facebook and the twitter and uh, of course always check out our, our good friends over at panic stream 
and our, our, of course, everyday companion. And um, and yeah, anything else to add, Harvey, before we sign off? Um, no, just appreciate everybody's support and uh, hope you enjoyed the music this week. And I, I look forward to hearing uh, Jeff's picks next week. All right, thanks everybody. Take care. We'll see you soon.